Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. And welcome to the MMA Shower, sponsored by Hatton James Legal and SRBRadio.com. Hatton James Legal and SRBRadio.com. For all your employment law needs, please go to HattonJamesLegal.com. That's HattonJamesLegal.com for any employment law queries. For your uh, podcast fix, please go to srbradio.podbean.com that's srbradio.podbean.com to get your uh, podcast fix not just for MMA or pro wrestling you've also got Speedway football slash soccer if you're in North America and a bunch of other interests and uh, sports available as podcasts on uh, srbradio.podbean.com yeah, to, uh, the usual um, contact details. If you want to contact the show, please uh, email the MMA Show Seven, the MMA Show Seven at gmail.com. Uh, Twitter at G the MMA Shower, at G the MMA Shower, and Facebook page is Let's Talk MMA. That's quite easy to remember. Let's Talk MMA. Moving on to this particular episode we're previewing UFC 249 uh, and that's um, uh, sorry it's uh, Gethe versus Ferguson I I was going to say Khabib but uh, (laughs) that's changed uh, a while back so it's UFC 249 Tony Ferguson versus Justin Gethe and uh, and we'll uh, pick uh, three or four fights uh, from that card and we could probably preview the whole card to be honest yeah so um, I'm going to introduce my uh, my co-host my buddy uh, Matt Penny from uh, Purely MMA uh, he's a regular on the podcast and it's uh, well it's good to have him back welcome Matt thank you yeah it's a pleasure to be back um, finally getting this card up and running and in Florida I think they've they've, they've named all sports uh, an essential service now um, to get things moving in the state and everything, so I think all the combat sports are rushing there, like WWE and UFC. They're all putting on events there. So uh, this card, God, it's it's just was it eleven or twelve main events, pretty much. Yeah. So it's going to give us all a bit of a uh, bit of light in a dark place at the moment in lockdown. It's uh, it's going to give us something to really look forward to. Yeah, th- this um, this card and obviously the main event has been. Uh... On and off more times than a than a light switch. Um, it's it's been ridiculous, but uh, fingers crossed and everything else crossed that this will be a nice, um, you know, diversification. Take our mind off what's going on around the world with COVID nineteen lockdowns and house arrests, whatever you want to call it. Uh, stay at home safe is the is the best way to to describe it. But uh, yeah, it, it's it's going to be a welcome uh, 
distraction and uh, yeah, get something else to look at and and talk about, which is what we're doing this this podcast for, isn't it, Matt? Yeah, I mean, we, you know, a couple of weeks ago we recorded a good hour of discussion, you know, all about Ferguson and Gaethje and how insane it's going to be, and then it, literally hours later it got cancelled. Um, literally on that day that we recorded, it got cancelled. Um, we got to hand it to Dana, and, you know, we, we all criticised him, said, ah, oh, it's not going to go ahead. And then it got cancelled, so he was ridiculed. But now it's back on. Florida have given the green light. All the commissions are given the green light, so it looks like we're good to go. So fingers crossed. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, what I'm going to do, Matt, is I'm, I'm sort of going to flick around the card. The, we'll, we'll leave the last two um, uh, analysis, the co-main and the main event. We'll leave that for the, the end of the show. But I'm just going to chuck um, a couple of fights at you, uh, a couple of fighters, and uh, I'm just going to flick around. You know, we can really go back to the prelims um, and the, the early prelims if we wanted to. Uh, but starting off with the, the prelims, um, as you said, they could be on the main card, all of these fights. Um, interesting one um, is Uriah Hall. He's a perennial hovering around the top 10, sort of wins a couple, loses a couple, and then he stays around 10, 11, 12 rankings. Um, and uh, Ronaldo Souza, or, or more commonly known as Jacare, um, who I feel sorry for. He, he two years ago, three years ago, he was on the verge of a middleweight middleweight title fight. Then he took the fight with Whitaker, and Whitaker knocked him out, and um, and then he lost to I think Romero around the same time, and sort of lost his uh, his mojo a bit. But he was he was next for the for the middleweight title fight, but he didn't want to wait, which is a risk all fighters take in, in a in a promotion. It's not always rankings. It's how good was your last fight? And then you lose that momentum, and it's it's gone gone away from you for you know the next couple yeah. of fights. So uh, yeah, give us your thoughts on that one, please. Well, of course, Jack Ray's back down to middleweight. You know, he stepped up to light heavyweight. Oh, yeah. and when guys tend to do that, they're looking for a new lease of life. They're looking for a new stretch of wins, etc. And runs beat took on you know a, a, a top contender in the division in, in Blahovic and lost. Mm. So now he's even in a worse place because now he's really trying to scramble around and find a, a footing in the UFC finding a place for himself and it's going to be tough against a, a very heavy hitter yeah. in Hall um, I thought it was I think there, there was some speculation online that it was uh, Ryan Hall but it is Uriah it is yeah um, heavy hitter against a, mm. a guy Sousa who's been around he's done it all yeah beaten them all and lost against them all so it, it's a uh, one hell of a fight to kick off the prelims because it's kicking mm. off and uh, it, it's names that could easily be on the main card and considering when you've got Greg Hardy on the on the main card you probably would say uh, UFC traditionalists would probably say Jacare probably deserves a, his spot on the main card more than him yeah I think um, <clears throat> Uriah Hall like, like you said is a uh... Is, is very powerful, hard hitting. Um, it's just his consistency hasn't been there for him to really get among the contenders. Um, no, always, a, always a sort of tenth ranked guy. Yeah, he's hovering around ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. Um, 
Souza maybe is accepted as a gatekeeper in the middleweight and wants to see see out the last three, four, five fights of his UFC career or MMA career. So uh, I, you, you never know. Things change quick, in, especially in, in, in fight promotions. If he got two or three impressive wins, he's got the calibre and the pedigree to be talked about you know, for a next title shot. Uh, but he yeah. really, ne- it really depends on his next couple of fights, how he wins and who he beats. Yeah, because Uriah has beaten a couple of up and comers the past two events. So, um, so it's if he can get another win now against Shakare, there's a decent name, but a guy who's uh, it's you know not not a huge up and comer with a huge undefeated streak. It's this kind of guy who loses against everybody and wins against everybody. So it's. Just, just somebody needs to break out in that division and just string a couple of winners together, like you said, and then they'll have a title shot down the line, I'm sure. Yeah, just a bit of a fun prediction. We haven't really analysed it in any great deal, but what's your gut feeling? Uh, you're right, it'll knock out. You've got that power. Hmm. I think that's a decent, safe bet. Okay. I'm going to go the complete opposite and uh, <laughs> uh, Sosa submission. Um, so, yeah, let's uh, let's see how that pans out. Well, okay, moving on to still staying with the prelims. Um, you know, a few years ago, this this was a uh, a fight for the lightweight title, uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Where's no, it wasn't for the title. It was it was one of the contender fights, I think, where uh, Pettis just destroyed uh, Pet, um, Cowboy with uh, with leg kicks, devastating leg kicks, and uh, uh, Cerrone couldn't uh, you know carry on. He just doubled up. So. Um, yeah, I think a fun fight. Guys pass their best. Give us your thoughts on this. Uh, yeah, pass their best. It's exactly exactly right. I mean, look at these guys five years ago, and they were huge names in the division and guys who will always be around the title. Pettis has, has got, let, let's, be, let's be quite frank, he's got a terrible record mm. over the past sort of. 10 to 12 fights I think he's got 8 losses and 4 wins I mean that, that is a terrible record but then he's got the amazing knockout of Stephen Thompson in there mm. and you think wow I mean it's just it's just weird isn't it he, he has an amazing knockout like that and then just a string of losses of course you've got the amazing fight against Max Holloway and you've got the amazing fight against Ferguson so you kind of overlook those losses but a, a loss is a loss at the end of the day um, it, this is going to be a fight for a throwback and for good for memories and again a good main event of the prelims just ahead of a fight two guys who are willing to go in there and just throw down and, and see what happens and just knock the hell out of each other for 15 minutes it'll be good fun yeah and I think um, Cerrone hasn't looked very impressive in the last I don't know six seven fights he obviously the most recent memory is is the 45 second TKO from uh, uh, McGregor. Uh, before that was the Ferguson fight. I know, I know his eye blew up, but he was getting butchered anyway. Yeah. Um, I think that out of the last five, the one I can remember he's, he's won was uh, Platinum Mike Perry, where he armbarred him, armbarred Mike Perry. But apart from that, he's looked pretty, pretty shabby. Well, he had the uh, impressive victory of that young guy. Oh yes, yeah, there was that one, yeah, as well. Yeah, it was pretty much undefeated going into that fight, and mm-hmm. Cerrone really um, shook him. Uh, Hernandez. Hernandez, yeah. 
but yeah, I mean, Fer- Ferguson, he, he was, he was done. You know, he was done. He blew his nose. It, it, you could, you could say it was a bit of a way out. Mm. You know, a guy of his, a veteran of his standing would know not to blow your nose when you when you break your nose and he just blew up. But it's it, he's had, he hasn't looked great. But when you're against Conor McGregor, Gaethje, and Ferguson, it's tough to really break out of that and look good. It, it, it's tough. He, he's a guy who is. He just signed a six-fight deal. I, I read mm-hmm. before this podcast. So the, the Conor McGregor fight was the first fight of a six-fight contract. So I think he's going the similar. You know, coming off of the three wins that he had, he was thinking think, people were thinking, oh, well, maybe it's his last stretch. He might get a title shot down the line. Now he's had three losses. So I think his mindset has just turned to having some great fights with some 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 good fighters mm-hmm. to to sign off on his career, make a few mil. Yeah, yeah, can't can't blame him for that. So, uh, and this is obviously their second fight. So, um, Cerrone will be looking to make it one each, and Pettis to make it two nil. Yeah. yeah, it's 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 a fight that we didn't really need. Like, you know, we didn't need a second a sequel to the fight. But you know, cause it was seven years ago now when they were both in a real high prime mm. time of their career. Yeah, at their peak. Now they're not. It's going to be a different. It could be a different kettle of fish. We'll have to we'll have to see. But they're they're going to go in there and give it the more give it their all. I think even Pettis is at a time in his career now where he he, he accepts he's probably not going to be in for a title fight again. He might uh, at um, at welterweight because mm-hmm. he had the win against Stephen Thompson, but then he's yeah. dropped back down again to lightweight. It, it depends. I think both guys just they you know you know they know where they are in their career and they know that they're, they're heading towards the end. So they're just going to go in there and, and have fun. Yeah, and, and this this fight is at welterweight. Um, so that may suit Cerrone. I think out of the last five or six fights, I think all bar one has been at uh, welterweight, whereas Pettis, this would be his third fight. So that may help Cerrone. Yeah, I think I think they're both just kind of guys who, who fluctuate anyway. Um, Pettis fluctuates from... 45 to 75 all the time didn't he um, well actually he missed weight at 45 when he went for the title a few years yeah ago, he, he had a bad time at 45 oh, yeah yeah it, it's just I think two guys I think they're two guys who you know they're not they're not guys who blow up to 240 out of fight time they're sort of all around 180 190 probably um, so it's a decent cut for them and Dana's going into this weird stage at the moment where he's giving lightweight fighters welterweight fights is still calling them like a lightweight fight. So mm-hmm. when um, Cowboy and, and McGregor were fighting, Dana said, "Well, it is a lightweight fight, but we're just not going to give them the weight cut." Mm. It's mm. it was a bit weird, wasn't it? Um, yeah, yeah. Okay, um, so give us another fun prediction for this. <sighs> Both guys knocked out <laughs> <laughs> at the same, like a Rocky movie. Yeah. Yeah, at the same time, both mm. been a right hook. I, I, I don't know. It, I, I'd like to give, I'd like to give it to Cerrone. Um, mm. I, I think, with, with all due respect to Pettis, um, he had his best time in MMA before I really got into it heavily. Mm-hmm. So, I, I've only seen him. I've only seen him really and got into MMA when he was on a huge loss streak. So, right. I, I don't think he's that great. So, I, I would rather give it to Cerrone the win. Yeah. 
at, at their peak, Pettis would beat Cerrone nine times out of ten. Uh, hands down, hands yeah. down, yeah. I remember Pettis from WEC EC days and when he uh, did that cage kick against Ben Henderson. Um, and then obviously his good three or four years up to the UFC. I think he made two title defences. I remember Gilbert Melendez and... Uh, they lost it to RDA. Say that again, sorry. They lost it. He lost it after that. He, so he's won one title defence, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, he didn't have a great run, um, but yeah, I, I, RDA destroyed him. Uh, Five-round stand-up beating. Um, yeah, so uh, I, I'm going to go with Pettis just because I remember him at his peak and uh, Cerrone, you know, he sh- yeah, McGregor's good, but Cerrone shouldn't be getting finished like that, 45 seconds from McGregor. I agree, and you've, uh, I, I do agree with that, but you've just reminded me of the, the Showtime kick and it just... It means that we're going to see that highlight about 20 million times <laughs> leading up to this fight now. Aren't yeah, we? yeah. God. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a great, great knockout, but my God, the UFC likes to drag that out so many times in the, the build up. My God. <laughs> yeah, well, people think that um, they call it the Matrix kick was a knockout. He, he knocked Henderson down, but Henderson got back up. It was right towards the end of the third or fifth round. Um, yeah, he won him the fight, but he wasn't a complete yeah. KO. But uh, yeah, they, they'll play to death, and uh, why not? Why not? You know, not not many people can do that. So uh. true, true. Okay, um, so you've gone for Cerrone, I've gone for Petty. So we've gone for opposite fighters for each of the first two uh, two fights we've looked at, which is which is good. You know, creates a bit of a yeah. But also, also, I'd like to add that I um, those those two fights, especially, I don't, I haven't got like a a heart set on some one guy winning. I'm happy with either winning. It's all yeah, good. Yeah. As long as it's a good fight. You're not rooting for one guy over the other, particularly. Yeah. Not in those two. No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, do you like a Do you like a bet on uh, any of these fights? Do you put any your hard earned cash on these fights, or do you just leave that alone? Yeah. I, I'll, I'll do a, an, an accumulator, so I'll, I'll pick. Usually, I just do sort of the main card, mm-hmm. but on this one, it's the whole event, so I might even do like a huge bumper ten fight bet. Well, okay, yeah. I, and you don't, you don't, you don't pick on um, methods of, of winning. You just pick who wins, and then yeah. So I'll pick ten out of them and just hope for the best. <laughs> yeah, that'd be a nice. Even if you put a couple of pound on um, if you've got the 10 right accumulator yeah you'll be quite happy for a while yeah oh yeah I don't think you'll be able to retire but it's certainly a bump up your bank balance yeah yeah <laughs> definitely okay um, right so we'll, we'll go on we'll stay on the prelim uh, I wanted to pick out this fight because it's a bit of a uh, a style matchup in terms of they actually do match up you know similar styles um, and also the 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 backdrop of uh, a fighter coming back from a USADA uh, suspension. Um, so it's Alexei Olenik versus Fabrizio Badu, and that's obviously a heavyweight bout. And uh, yeah, give us your thoughts on Alexei first. He's probably more unknown than Fabrizio. I mean, what what a record! What a record this guy had! Seventy-two fights, 
and I still think, yeah, he's just slightly younger than Vadum. I mean, crazy, absolutely crazy. But 46 wins by submission out of 58 wins. Yeah. I mean, that is crazy. Um, you, you kind of know what's coming. I mean, that's uh, a positive way of, of looking at it. Mm-hmm. It's it's kind of like the heavyweight version of, of Khabib. Mm. Obviously, obviously a, bit, a few more losses, but it, you, know, you know what's coming. You know what to prepare for, and Verdum is, as we know, is very, very, very well uh, bred in wrestling and, and jiu-jitsu, so he can sort of hold his own. This could be a real fun grappling fight in an arena where there's no fans. So, you know, so, some events you get when they start to grapple, just a fan boo, because they just want to see blood and guts. Mm. So there's going to be none of that, and we can just sit back and enjoy it, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, Alexi is, uh, as you said, his, his grappling record is, is, is up there with, with Vadum and Vadum's multi-time black belt in uh, in the uh, World Championships and the Mundials and the, all that record. And the, he submitted Fedor at um, Strikeforce. Yeah. Um, Crazy. Yeah, and uh, Fedor, you know, fought the best as well and it was at his peak then. So, um, yeah, it's interesting... Uh, uh, what uh, sort of what Oleknik brings? Uh, yeah, very strong grappling. His record. I'm looking at the background. Some people say Japanese jiu-jitsu sambo. Some people say Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but doesn't really matter. He's he's uh, he's got the grappling essence, and obviously Radum is a is a super champion at uh, at the Brazilian jiu-jitsu, and uh, yeah, it's, I think. Verdun would suit if he would he would prefer if he was at the bottom uh, because of his pure Brazilian jiu-jitsu background um, yeah and Oleknik may have better uh, wrestling because of his combat mix in you know in Russia so he may he depends how confident he is if he thinks he can go submission sub for sub with Verdun then he'll he'll happily take him down or he may try to mix it up a bit stand up up against a cage, grappling, wrestling, under hooks, and try to tire the doom out. Because the thing we've got to mention and uh, talk about is where doom's coming back off for two years. Was it full two years, or was he one of those that got cut down to twelve months? I can't remember. Yeah, it got cut down because he he basically grasped on other people. <laughs> um, As you do. I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think he got. A, I think he got a year in the end, but I, I think just various injuries that he's had has. Um, mm. Has, has kept him out. But, but he, he was he, he was banned for actual actual steroids. Like mm. you know, you, you say some uh, some guys get banned for uh, taking supplements and yeah uh, and these things. He actually took legitimate steroids. Illegitimate. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't it wasn't for marijuana or it wasn't for. It wasn't know, like a, a side side effect. It was direct. Yeah. Yeah, he went out to cheat, hmm. uh, and and that sucks because um, he's he's now forty two. Um, he, he is he is getting on, especially for a heavyweight. So you you think this is almost a a fight purely for his name? He's he's, he's still got a decent name in in UFC fans' eyes. So it's a, just another good name on a on a, a stacks card, and one hell of a, a grappling fight. Yeah, it's. Uh... Yeah, it's it's for sure a, a grappler's paradise, and um, 
Yeah, he's he's certainly got the name Vadum. He's he's done a lot uh, in other promotions. Got all the all the way back to Pride fifteen plus years ago, um, and obviously he was UFC heavyweight champion for I think was it one defense or was it zero defenses? He, he beat uh, uh, he beat Kane. He beat Kane. And um, was the next fight Miocic? Yeah. And then he lost. Yeah, he lost to Miocic. Yeah. Okay, uh, but he was heavyweight champion, and I think he, he he's been uh, champion on another promotion as well. I can't, if, was he Strikeforce champion, or was that? I can't remember to be honest. But yeah, he, he's he's up there. He's he's got he's got pedigree. He's got status, like you said. He adds value to this card. Um, but I'm I'm thinking coming back after whatever twelve, eighteen, two years, whatever the layoff is. Um, and also, you got to remember these fighters. How are they training now? Normally, they have a massive camp. They have multiple training partners. What are they doing now? I'm, I've not read too much about. Are they fairly isolated? Just head coach, two, three coaches, and I imagine it's selected, tested training partners. They have to be, otherwise, you wouldn't risk it, would you? Yeah, I, th- I think most most of these guys in this card will be part of big teams. Um, big camps and do you know what I, I think in America especially I, I could be wrong um, so don't quote me on it but I'm pretty sure in America I think testing kits are pretty well um, well easily found especially if you're like a sporting team so I, I, I would guess if you if uh, if a dude was part of a team and like an, a, a big gym they would just have Dana would just get some kits and test everybody um, a, a lot of these guys on the card though have already had fights plans and for, for like quite a long time so I'm guessing a lot of these fighters have already had decent length camps anyway I think Vadum is a, a pretty new addition to this card so he, so for him it, it depends I don't know what kind of preparation he's had but like guys like Tony Ferguson and Gaethje and and, and Garnu and stuff in the main card they've had this fight for a long time so I think they've been they'll be well prepared yeah that's true They're, I think in uh, in May UFC have got three cards haven't they I think I read somewhere almost week week after the next because they really want to pack in as much as they can um, <clears throat> yeah they're not all they're not you know they're not pay-per-views but they're fight nights of various various degrees various flavors so uh, yeah from from a, a cap perspective I'm not sure they'll have you know numbers wise but they'll have their select group of who they need to get uh, preview uh, you know, prepared for, and, and you're right, UFC would have taken care of that by providing testing kits for as many people as they think they need. Yeah, you, you, all you need is a couple of clean partners, I'm sure, to to roll with, to strike with, to um, to fight with to beforehand, you know, I'm sure that'd be fine. If you haven't got a testing kit, you, you know, some, someone suggested drinking detergent or... <laughs> 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 I'm only joking. Yeah, why not? Why not? Give that a go. Yeah, that is a joke. No, no, no. We we don't <laughs> we don't want to go anywhere near that. So uh, yeah, I'm sure they've got testing kits, but I still, in terms of prediction, um, who are you looking at? Uh, Olenek, I think purely because he's been way more active than Vadum. Um, I think I think Olenek still has a future I know I know he's getting on a bit and uh, he's been around for a very very long time but I think he could if he strings a couple of wins together he had an, um, 
he had a, a couple of unfortunate losses. He's had a couple of just knockouts where he just got knocked out, which is you know fair enough. Mm. But he's still winning against very current guys. So yeah, I think I think for more active past, Olenek will will get this. Yeah, this may uh, surprise you, but I'm going to agree with you on this. Uh, wow. So uh, do do uh, you know, do sit down. Um, yeah, I think Olenek. Exactly the same reasons. Activity is probably in in a certain way more fresher, but you know the fight record and age probably doesn't suggest that. But I get that feeling, and and Redoom's, you know, he's obviously had a lot of inactivity, uh, mindset, and because I think the fight he got suspended after he got suspended, or you know when the test came out, was it the tall Russian Alexandra? Yeah, Volkov in London. Volkov, yeah, in London. It was a London fight, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. And that was a strange fight. Verdun was just trying... I, I don't know what he was trying, but he didn't seem very strategic or no. or measured. It was weird. Uh, yeah, I think after no, that fight, he got popped. He was roided out of his head, mate. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, the, the tests prove that. But these fighters that get caught, maybe only once maybe twice but most cases once it doesn't mean and I'm not saying this about Vadum in particular but anyone who's got caught it doesn't mean that that's the first time they've done it unfortunately no I, and I, I forget I forget when Usada came in what, what was it like 2012 2013 Usada came in was it earlier than that around about there yeah. they were just crazy I mean Alistair Uberine didn't get her name for no reason I mean Mm. I, I think a lot of heavyweights did it. I think I think it was common in heavyweights. Yeah. Okay. Um, so we've gone for the uh, for the for the same prediction. Oh, how, how are you uh, envisaging Olenek's win? Well, you, you, you'd probably normally say submission, but against Vadum, you don't know. You, you just don't know. It could be mm. it could be a nice little knockout there. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Anyone else, you could probably, 90% of the other heavyweights, you could probably say he'll win by submission. But Vadum, he's obviously seasoned grappler, multi-world champion, and uh, he'll have a lot of defence to bring. And, he, and his own attack. So uh, Olenek can't just go in and try anything he wants to. He has to wait for the right moment. So uh, I'm edging for submission, but I, I think it'll be points decision. Decision, yeah. Or I'll go a nice little TKO via ground and pound. As you said, Vadum might favour being on the bottom. So Olenek will be on top, get fed up and just knock the head out of him. Okay, yeah, sounds good. Sounds like it's worth watching. So uh, so we'll, we'll move on to the main card and, and we're going to pick three fights at the main card. We'll start off with... Uh, Jeremy the Heathen Stevens versus Calvin Qatar, and um, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a featherweight bout. Stevens did have a bit of momentum a year ago, a couple of years ago, uh, before he fought Yari Rodriguez. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, good good fight. Looking forward to it. They're both very aggressive coming forward. So, uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think. Stevens a couple of years ago was was 
had the, had a three win streak and you thought, oh, okay, maybe this this is his his time to really come into some good form. And then you lose to Aldo, and then two up, really up and coming guys in Zabit and and yeah, Rodriguez. Same as um, same as Calvin Cater, who's just lost to, to Zabit. Um, it's just that sort of division. It's just there's a lot of young guys now and a lot of guys who haven't had title fights before, all battling to really. Um, break out and make a name for themselves and get that title fight it should be really interesting I think Calvin Cater is the younger guy I could be wrong no a bit a bit younger probably more more ahead of him Jeremy Stevens has had a lot more fights a lot more fights crammed in a short short period of time and Calvin Cater is the younger guy in the future I think yeah yeah probably a bit more momentum on the way up rather than Stevens is stop and start. Hmm. Yeah, stop and starting. He's on a, a, a severe downward curve at the moment. Yeah, and uh, unfortunately for Stevens, I think, especially newcomers, but um, he'll be remembered for the remark from a certain Irishman. Who the fuck yes. is this guy? Yeah. Yeah. In that yep. press conference, so. Uh, <laughs> that. that- that is that is who he is. That is literally who he is. Yeah. Um, and you know he he did start did start making a name for himself for having big power. But a lot of his fights, let's be honest, a lot of his fights went to decision. A mm. lot of the fights went against him. Um, so I think you know he went down with that that comment because he he, he didn't really back up what he said. Like, yeah. I, I, I think his comment originally was, "I'm the hard, you know, I'm the hardest hitting featherweight right here." Connor, you know, I'm the fight you want, and you know, I think everybody looked at him and went, mm, "Really?" <laughs> yeah, I remember really? that press conference, and um, it was literally, I think, there was I don't know, six fighters, ten fighters, you know, when they, when the UFC has a as a mega press conference, and uh, and obviously McGregor was at his peak, and ninety percent of the questions were for McGregor. And one journalist asked a very silly question. I think there was welterweights up there, Calvin Gaston and whatever. And he asked, um, is there anyone on that stage that could beat you or knock you out? And unfortunately yeah. for Stevens, he said, I can knock him out. And McGregor, yeah. classic, turned around and said, who the fuck are you? Yeah. And uh, yeah, he just, everyone just cracked up. Probably one of McGregor's funniest, uh, funniest lines, I think. Yeah, he's, he's, he is a pretty hard hitter, but I mean, a lot of like I said, a lot of his fights go to decision. He doesn't he doesn't get the job done, and a lot, a lot of them go against him. So I think Cowan Cater should get the job done. He's uh, he's been touted by a lot of a lot of professional commentators that he could really be a, the future of the division. Mm. I, I know he's had a couple of losses, but they're against you know good other up and comers with him. And it's it's going to happen. They're going to trade a couple of wins and losses. So. For sure, a Calvin Kao win. Yeah, I, I think I'm favouring uh, Calvin again. I, like you said, he's, he's slightly younger. He seems to be more rounded, more skillful, uh, very good on his feet and very quick. Very uh, sharp. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, the couple of losses he's had, he's, he's been against equally, you know, better calibre ranking opponents. So there's there's no shame in that. And uh, I think Stevens, uh, yeah, I think uh, Calvin will uh, probably get a 
a good decision or, or maybe a, a stoppage in, in the three rounds? Yeah, definitely a, a stoppage or a decision for sure. I, I, th- I think I could be completely wrong. I think the Calvin Cater uh, Moicano fight, which is one of his losses uh, for Cater, I think it was a very, very close call where Moicano basically just uh, sat on him mm. for, for three rounds. I could be completely wrong. I could be thinking something completely different. But I think that was the case where it was very close. So if you take sort of that, if you sort of smudge that fight off a little bit, Cater's yeah. got a really great record yeah yeah okay moving on to the co-main event which which has had a change um so henry cejudo that hasn't changed obviously he's, he's the champ but it was going to be jose aldo and now it's um long time commentator and short time fighter dominic cruz is that fair um he hasn't had what one fight in the last two years three years maybe longer four yeah Four years, yeah. Yeah, lost in 2016. Yeah. Like just oh, what, what, what a weird situation mm. you've got with with Cejudo and that belt. I mean, you go for you go from Jose Aldo, a guy who's had one fight in that division and lost, mm. to a guy who hasn't fought in four years. And I, I mean, yes, Dominic Cruz. I think will go down probably as one of the best fighters of that division for sure. Yeah. And. Now you look at Cody Garbrandt's recent fights, and you might think, "Oh, that Cody win against Dominic Cruz might have been a bit of a fluke, mm. potentially." Yeah, yeah. Um, e- even though it was a five a five rounds, you know, domination, yeah. but you could say that was just a really one off great fight for Cody. Um, it's just a bit of a weird mm. person to pick for Cejudo, isn't it? I think I think, I think he's going for the guys who's going to make him the most money. Yeah, which is kind of fair enough. But, you know, the, the thing was, when he beat Demetrius Johnson, he was kind of saying that he was saving the division and he was going to bring legitimacy back to the division. But then he's kind of just taken both the divisions and just sort of left them there and made them stagnant mm. and giving title shots to guys who probably shouldn't deserve it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's like you said, it's, it's, it's a strange one. Um, Cruz, been, he's been out four years and I think before that when he's come back uh, when he actually beat TJ for the belt that was three years um, and he, he had a, a catalogue of injuries ankle knee and so on and so forth um, so fitness wise conditioning we, we just don't know what Dominic what state Dominic Cruz is in or his body exactly and, that, and that's why my an early prediction I'm giving a, a Cejudo win purely because the fact that I think Cruz has made a glass now I mean he's had four scheduled fights since uh, Cody loss and he's pulled out of every single one of them I think it was um, a broken arm a uh, shoulder injury uh, multiple surgeries on different things and it's like oh god it, I just don't know how um, prepared Dominic Cruz, I'm sure he's been prepared but I'm just not sure how prepared his body will be he's been sat rehabbing and sat behind that commentary desk for four years what is his sharpness going to be like in an actual fight situation I, I just don't know I mean I think a, a peak Dominic Cruz I think would destroy Cejudo yeah I, I honestly I honestly do I think if you yeah. look at Cruz four five years ago he, he was probably the one of the best in the whole company yeah 
in my opinion, probably best 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 pound for pound. Yeah. Crazy movement. That movement is so good mm. of going in and out of range is is phenomenal. And he shows that skill in his uh, commentating, but can he put that onto the map now that he's back? I, I just don't know. Yeah. Coming from Sanhudo who's who is in active form and really good form beating, you know, really good guys and top guys dominantly. Yeah, I, I, yeah, Cruz's situation with his injuries and his, his uh, he's a, you know, he, he comes across, he's obviously an intelligent guy through his commentating and analysis. Um, so he, he'll be doing that part as, as good as anyone. Um, but the physical part, and it makes you wonder, the, the UFC medical team, the doctors, whatever, um, they're obviously clearing him, but with that kind of record, would you would you clear someone to say, yeah, you know, go straight in for a title fight? You know, when you've had so many injuries in the last six, seven years, eight years. Yeah, I'm I'm, I'm sure physically he looks fine, but whether it actually hold up under a fight situation, you, you just you just don't know. You just mm. don't know. And you know, I think even in the in his last fight against Cody. He had um, ankle supports on. Yeah. Um, he, oh, just, I think he might have had one on... Actually, no, I think it was just the ankles. But, I mean, for goodness sake, even then he looked like he was taped up. Yeah. And now he's had, now he's had four years of serious injuries and he's just coming back against the champ and a guy who is in really top form. I mean, that's that's going to be a tough ask for Cruz, I think. In, in peak form, Cruz beats Cejudo all the time. Yeah. Day. yeah. But after, yeah, like I said, after four years out of injuries, I think it'll be a Sudo win, and I think it'll be dominant for Sudo, and it'll be sad to see Cruz like that because I've got good memories of him. I'm sure we all do. Mm. Um, so it'll be sad to see him get dominated. I hope I'm wrong, but yeah, and uh, I, I agree. Sudo will be, you know, uh, odds-on favourite, overwhelming, but. Uh, he, Sahudo is, is an Olympic uh, gold medalist in the, the Beijing Olympics. Uh, so he, he's got that. But he, he doesn't really dominate people with wrestling because he did develop or has developed his, um, his stand-up game. I think he, in, just before he fought um, Demetrius Johnson a couple of years ago for the flyweight title, he, he came back and I can't remember the Brazilian... Uh, that he beats, but he, he changed his stance. It was very much a wider stance, a karate stance, and he was very much in and out of range. And uh, he uses his wrestling as I think as more as as a threat to uh, to stop other people getting settled, uh, that they could get taken any, any t- taken down any time he wants, you know, at will, which he could probably do for most people. So um, yeah, he's, he's definitely got respect for him for developing his, his stand-up game and his and his various other aspects but his base is, is wrestling and, and he seems to uh, he seems to work for him at the moment and I think Cruz yeah he, he may still have that movement to a point but the rhythm's not going to be there he's not fighting every three months six months and uh, that rhythm has to start going at some point through inactivity or through uh, age or both Agreed, and and Cejudo has really underrated power in his striking for sure. Yeah, 
So I think we're agreed, Cejudo, by... Yes. I don't think we said how, but uh, what are you thinking? Um, points. Decision, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I think Cruz will have... No, I'm going to go for a KO. I think Cruz may get tired. It's going to five rounds, so inactivity for four years, five, six years, um, you know, with, without a good rhythm of fights. I think he might get tired in the fourth and fifth round, so yeah, could be a TKO from Henry. He's never been knocked out, Cruz. So no. That'll be interesting to yeah. see. Yeah. Okay, so we're now we're moving on to the the main event. It's uh, Ferguson versus Gathay. Um As you said, we did have a good chat about this uh, a couple of weeks ago, uh, but uh, still very very intriguing. Um, two guys. You know, at their peak, young guys, um, not being world champions in the UFC, okay, interim maybe uh, for Ferguson. And this is for the interim. And uh, I think I read this morning Dana said that uh, Khabib is going to be next, whoever wins. So we may still not see Khabib versus Ferguson. Depends if Justin spoils a party. So uh, give us your thoughts on. Uh, on uh, Justin Gethe first. Um, a guy who is obsessed with um, bonuses, performance bonuses. Pro- probably a guy who's uh, who's m- more interested in in putting on a show than really like looking at his record and possibly even titles. I mean, who knows? I mean, the guy is crazy. They're both crazy, to be quite honest. I mean, look at both of them. Uh, you know, guys they fight, they fight, come out of it. Not the same. They come out. They come out of it changed, and it's going to be a crazy fight for sure. Uh, you know, uh, Gaethje went through a horrible stage after losing to Alvarez and Borea, and you thought, oh god, he's you know he's, he's really struggling. But since then, he's put together some decent some decent knockouts, and you know, you, you know what's coming with Gaethje. Um, I, I forget what um, what show I was listening to the other day, but. I think it might have been Aral Hawani who was saying, "Oh, well, I think I think uh, people are sleeping on Gaethje's wrestling, and you know you need to remember he, he used to be a wrestler. But for goodness' sake, look at his record. He's not interested in going out there and wrestling a guy for half an hour. Technically, he, he's not interested in that. He wants to go out there and and throw hands. Yeah, that, I think everybody knows it. So I, I don't think I think it's stupid for people to say, well, let's not sleep on his, his wrestling because we know what's coming." Hmm. Yeah, he's not suddenly going to change for for this fight, I don't think. But also, yes, he, he was a you know top-level elite D1 wrestler. But you've got to remember Ferguson is a Eddie Bravo um, jiu-jitsu pedigree. And, I, and this is why when he was going to fight Khabib, I was split down the middle. Because, yeah, Khabib would take him down probably eight times, seven out, seven times out of ten. But I was thinking Ferguson would welcome that because he's so good off his back. He beat Kevin Lee off his back for the interim title. Uh, yeah, when Kevin, that was a great fight. Yeah, that fight. exactly. And Kevin Lee was putting some heavy ground and pound. Um, so what people like Ferguson do, the guys who are really good off their back in jiu-jitsu, they nullify standard wrestlers who are not really submission wrestlers. They're just... Division One college wrestlers, they know how to take you down and to beat you, but they don't know how to submit you because that's not been their training. So, 
I think that's a mute point about his wrestling, to be honest. Um, a, yeah. a, he wouldn't probably use it, like you said, and B, against Ferguson, it, there's not really an advantage, possibly a disadvantage. Yeah, it would be, and I think it'd even be a, a slight disadvantage for somebody like Khabib to take him down. So if Gaethje even tries to do it, it'd be madness. Mm. Um, you know, uh, Ferguson, just look at the guys who Ferguson fights, for God's sake. They come out of it, not only changed, but they come out of it looking like they've just been in a meat grinder. It's just, it's just crazy the damage that Ferguson gets. And, you know, the last two fights have been um, stoppages, like doctor stoppages, because they've just been so badly hurt. It, it's just a worrying a worrying situation for Gaethje because Gaethje likes to be hit he welcomes being hit doesn't really care and when you go up a guy when you go up against somebody who does that much damage with the, the time that he has I mean this could be over in in minutes yeah you're right you know their opponents especially Ferguson opponents they, they come out of it like uh, They've been to see a backstreet plastic surgeon. You know, they've been cut up yeah. so many ways. Um, and these guys are just, yeah, just lethal cutting machines, shredding machines. And um, Ferguson is, is probably one of the best at that, if not the best. And, uh, yeah, so talking about Ferguson, I, I think he's so unorthodox. He's got so many tools in his toolbox. He's, he's got so many angles and unorthodox ways of setting up something setting up the next attack or just messing with the uh, with the fighter's mind um, yeah Ferguson just he's so skilled and unorthodox it's what what do you bring to the table to beat him that's the question yeah Ferguson does get hit as well don't get me wrong he does get tagged but I think Gaethje will take more damage in the same amount of time if you know what I mean if they're both giving 100% they're, they're both very um, pressure fighters they both like to walk down their opponents so they're going to be walking each other down both putting on similar amounts of volume of strikes but I, I just think Tony Ferguson gives so much more damage and you know Ferguson does get rocked but then when you rock him and he, and he, he might stumble and he might go down but then you, you tend to go for him and go for the ground and pound and then Ferguson ties you up in knots anywhere on the ground so I just think I think I think a lot of people are saying that Gaethje is a good a good match and a, a good a good um, going to be a good level for Ferguson but I, I think Ferguson beats Gaethje in every single way um, by some margin so I, I think I don't think it will last long to be quite honest with you I honestly don't. I think it'll be a bad night for Gaethje. Um, he'll, ha he'll have a future for sure, but he had a good run coming to the UFC and then lost two. He's now on a good run. I think he's won three or four. He's going to lose against Ferguson. He just keeps hitting roadblocks, you know, Gaethje. Um, he just can't get it to the final stage. And I think with a star like that, I just don't think he ever will. Yeah, I'm, I'm favouring uh, Ferguson. I, I do give uh, Getje a, a chance um, based on that Ferguson does get hit and uh, has been knocked down. And uh, if Getje gets his timing right and he has got the power because of his uh, KO record, it could, be, it could be finished that way. But it's one thing knocking Ferguson down and then trying to finish him because, like you said, he does tie people into knots so I think um, Gethe's rec record is showing 85% TKOs 
Um, so he's certainly got the power, and I think that's his best chance. But everything else, you know, I pretty much give to Ferguson, to be honest. Yeah, 100%. And, and my, my prediction is going to be a, a Ferguson dot stoppage after the first round is what I'll go for. I think in that first round, um, Ferguson's going to get so much damage in and Gaethje's going to take it. And if, if you cut him up enough, it, it's, it's going to be stopped. And I think Ferguson damages people to a level where most commissions and most doctors will stop it after a while. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm probably going to go something, something similar, Ferguson. Maybe in the first three rounds, it's going to be fairly quick. Um, I think he'll come out of round one because Justin will be fresh and uh, and he may land a few few heavy blows which may sort of stun Ferguson but I think Ferguson will find a way he wants that Khabib rematch so uh, and he wants the full title not just the the I title give up on that fight mate that's my, that's my advice give up on it it's not happening ever <laughs> I said, I said it. I said it at the end of last year. I think probably uh, on, on, a, on a different show. I think I said I'm not going to predict it. I'm not going to think about it. Look, I just don't think it's going to happen. Something will get in the way, and it has a nationwide uh, pandemic. So it's just not going to happen. Mm, that no. fight is cursed. Yeah, I think it'll happen. I think if if Ferguson wins, it'll just there'll be so much momentum and. Yeah, I think it'll happen, but we we shall see. Uh, the odds favour you with the with the record of not happening. Yeah. So, uh, what, what are we up to now? Is it five or six? It's got a, 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 yeah. A new fight would be the sixth. Oh yeah. God. Yeah. That that is some record, isn't it? That is some horrible curse. Yeah, it's not a good uh, good record for these fighters. But um, I think the first three or four times, one of them's or both of them have done something. To not make it happen, Khabib weight cut. Uh, Ferguson got injured. Well, I can't remember the other two times or the reasons anyway. But uh, yeah, something happened. Yeah. Well, it's Ferguson, Ferguson tripping up on a cable. Yeah, that was it, the and Ferguson it, injury. Khabib's weight cut. Um, you know I'm, just, I'm just amazed that Ferguson has actually uh, stayed this injury free for so long. It's been a little while that he's been training and. You know, he's had no surgeries and no injuries, so I'm, I'm stunned. Well, he doesn't actually help with the way he trains, kicking iron bars and hanging off this and, uh, yeah. Yeah. He does some weird stuff, which probably doesn't help, you know, if you're injury prone. But he must know what he's doing. You know, he's, he's at, the, uh, at the cusp of being a, a UFC champion again, an interim champion anyway, and then, uh, then we'll see what happens a few months after that. We'll see. Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, yeah, so that brings us to the, the end of the uh, the podcast, Matt. So, uh, normally I ask if you're going to any events or anything like that, but that's not happening. <laughs> uh, no. Yeah. I'm not. Yeah. So, uh, but this one should be good on TV. Yeah, I, th- I think everybody needs it. And Fl- Florida State... May, you know, obviously America is different because states have different uh, laws and regulations and different yeah. uh, federal governments sorting stuff out. Uh, they've decided to make sport uh, an essential service because that, that it, it makes such a big part of their society and it, it, it brings in so much money for the state. So they've made it a central service. So UFC and 
WWE are, are filming all their stuff there as well. Um, I mean, I just don't... If, if everybody's tested, I don't see a problem with it, to be quite honest with you. Um, if everybody's tested and everybody's negative and, and good to go and healthy, just, just let it happen. I mean, if if testing was... It, testing's a huge issue in this, in COVID-19. If, it was, if testing was widely available, yeah. I think... You, yeah, you, you know what you're dealing with. Yeah. Hot... yeah, Yeah. exactly. You'd probably even be able to throw fans in because you have testing kits on the open, on doors. Mm, mm. It, it, you know, you, you could open it up, but obviously yeah, testing is just a, a huge stumbling block. So yeah. I'd rather have, of course I'd rather have these, these amazing fights with fans, but this, honest, this is the next care. best thing. Yeah, this is the next best thing, which, which is welcome. Yeah. We all... We all need a bit of light in this dark situation. And uh, what 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 date is it? Is it the 9th of May? 9th of May. Something like that. Yeah. 9th of May. Already, I'm buzzing. I can't wait. It's something to look forward to. I can't wait. And, it's and, Dana. Yeah, absolutely. And as you said, we, we could have previewed the whole prelims and every every fight for about three hours, but. Uh, Obviously, time doesn't allow that. So, uh, yeah, so this uh, that brings us to the end of the podcast. And uh, you're still tweeting on purely MMA, yeah, hashtag? I am. I, I am tweeting when there's something to tweet about. Tweet about. Obviously, there hasn't been much yeah. recently. But uh, now it's going to be kicking back in with this event, so I can't wait. So, yeah, everybody get over and follow purely MMA um, I, I'm going to live tweet the event I'm going to be awake and watching everything and breaking it all down and when there's news as well I'll be tweeting about it so come along and reply discuss I want to have a nice little community over there discussing everything about MMA so come along okay cool yeah please do that to the to the listeners so uh, yeah this has been the MMA show sponsored by Hatton James Legal and SRBRadio.com uh, email the MMA Show 7, the MMA Show 7 at gmail.com, Twitter, the MMA Shower at the MMA Shower, and Facebook page, Let's Talk MMA. So, this has been the preview of UFC 249. So, wherever you are in the world, stay safe. And things are starting to look a bit more positive. Um, so, uh, let's hope that. Uh, we get some momentum and, uh, you know, we, we get some uh, sort of a respite from this uh, from this uh, staying at home situation and uh, we get a certain level of normality, whatever that's going to be, but uh, certainly get to a, a feeling of things are improving. So, uh, yeah, wherever you may be, thank you for listening and uh, enjoy UFC 249. Bye. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.